Welcome back to NC Realtors Redefine, the NC Realtors podcast. On this episode of Redefine, as part of our ongoing Building the Mosaic campaign, Regional Vice President for Allen Tate Realtors, Tony Jarrett, joins the NC Realtors Diversity Committee co-liaisons, Carrie Epps-Rashad and Amy Kemp, to talk about industry changes he's seen throughout his career and how he fosters diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts in the realtor community. But first... Do you have feedback on a story or topic that you'd like to hear covered on this podcast? Then give NC Realtors Redefine a call at 336-550-4437. When leaving your voicemail, be sure to tell us your name and where you're from. Your comments may be used on a future episode of NC Realtors Redefined. I'm Amy Kemp. And I'm Carrie Epps Rashad. We're the co liaisons to the NC Realtors Diversity Committee. Today we have Tony Jarrett with us. Tony's the Regional Vice President for Allen Tate Realtors in the Triad, the Triangle, and the High Country regions. Welcome, Tony, and thanks for being here with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. As Amy said, thank you, Tony. So, what I do is I just jump into the first question. And my first question is tell me why real estate and how did you get into the industry? Well, I guess you could say it was in my DNA. Uh, my grandfather was a builder, my father was a builder. So, I started on the new construction side, but I always found myself putting the hammer down trying to sell the house versus trying to build the house. Um, the story I like to tell is I was, I graduated high school on Saturday and I was in real estate school on Monday. Uh, so I got my license when I was 18. Uh, then I went to the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. And back then you had to get a light salesman and then a broker. So I got my broker my senior year at Carolina. And I did everything in my power not to go into real estate. But it, but it was so ingrained in that I, I, for about a year, I bartended, I sold insurance, I tried to do everything. And then the family kept, said, come back. So I started at 23 and my mother was my first broker in charge. And then I never looked back. It's been my career ever since. And I had to embrace that. I had what I think a really good opportunity. And then when you're 22, you don't think it's a great opportunity. You think you no, I don't, you know, I want to do my own thing. But then I thought, wait a minute, I need to embrace this and go with this. And I did. And it's been my whole career. Okay. So tell us what the industry was like um, when you became a realtor. <laughs> well, as I, as I like to say, some things change, some things stay the same. Um, when I started, and I want you to just absorb this, there were no cell phones, there was no social media, there was no internet. Can you imagine? I mean, how, 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 you know, how did we do real estate, but how did we function every day? Because this thing's attached to me every, every two seconds. You know, It's just amazing what we had to do. But every Thursday, now I grew up in the Greensboro market, every Thursday, the MLS would print the MLS book and I was the runner. So every Thursday, I would go pick up the books. That was our hot list, if you will. That's how we found out everything. But it was once a week. Um, how I'll never forget, my mother gave one of her books to a buyer. And I'm like, you can't do that. What are you doing? And she winked at me. She said, that was last week's book. I'm like, oh, okay. So that, that's how we would handle that. Then we rolled into what I call DOS computers. And we started getting hot sheets every day from MLS. But they came to us via fax. And the fax was thermal paper. So every morning around 8.39, we'd be standing around the fax machine and somebody had to hold the paper so we could read it. But that's how we got our information to sell houses. You know, so that was the way it started for me. Now, some things never change. And that is what really matters is the personal relationships and the handholding that we do. 
technology has changed dramatically, obviously, in our business. And it, but it makes us more efficient. But what doesn't change is that people are buying the biggest thing they've ever done in their life. They're spending more money and they need the realtor to hold their hand. And the thing I tell the agents is raise your hand if you've had emotion in any deal recently. You know, everybody laughs because, you know, the algorithms that we all follow today to get pricing does not have anything about emotion. And we have to figure out how to help our clients navigate those waters. And, and that has not changed ever since I've started. Wow. Fax machines. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And when I started here 15 years ago, we used fax machines. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen a fax machine in probably a decade, but that was a big deal then. You know, that, we thought that was cutting edge technology. Exactly. Exactly. So what obstacles have you had to overcome in your career and how have they made you stronger? Well, for me, it was probably starting so young. Um, I know I don't look at today, but I look like a kid when I started. And so at 22, 23, trying to get consumers to trust me on a transaction and quite frankly, getting agents to trust me on their careers, you know, that was a tough sale for the first few years, but I overcame it. Now, later, the obstacles became what we experienced in the world. Um, you know, the first one was the Gulf War. I remember we had a short term recession. I'll never forget September 11th. Uh, I was leading a business meeting that day with our agents and somebody walked in and whispered in my ear, uh, hey, the plane just hit the World Trade Center. And in my head, I thought it was a Cessna plane. I didn't even know. And we didn't know that day would catapult us down, you know, a couple of years of massive amount of change. And that really was a big trigger. But the biggest one I will tell you, the biggest lesson is uh, 09. Uh, we, the real estate industry, led the country into a recession this pandemic, uh, this last two years, we are leading out of a recession. Our industry is a much different place, but some of the lessons learned about being conservative, watching where you spend your money, saving a little money. There's been evolution every time the business the, has changed, but the people relationships haven't, you know, staying consistent, but going through some of those tough times, I always say March of 09 was the worst month of my career. I had to close seven branches and let 17 staff go in one month. And when the pandemic hit, some of those lessons learned were starting to come back up. And it was almost like, I wasn't shocked. It was like, we'll get our game plan. Let's get ready. And realtors have to be agile because the economy has such an impact on our business. And like that, it can change. And that happened this last two years, but I felt like I was better prepared because of the lessons I'd learned. So it's just being diversified in your approach of not being in shock, not reacting emotionally, but just having a solid, consistent business plan. Yeah, such good points. Thanks for sharing that. Um, can you talk a little bit about what you do over the three region area that you manage, just kind of what your job looks like, and then also what you love most about that job? Well, uh, I have the honor of leading 17 branches, about 600, 650 agents that I get to help. Uh, mostly it's through the leadership team that works. It's, as we're celebrating here in this region, 20 years ago in July, we, six of us, sold our company to Allen Tate. Um, and from that, I've just grown into bigger and bigger leadership positions with the company. And it's just more of helping everything. What I love, 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 love is just helping people. Um, uh, you know, I get to help a lot of agents, a lot of staff, a lot of leaders. But what's really cool is we get to help people do the biggest thing they're ever going to do in their life, which is buying a house. And when you think about that, it's, it's the biggest financial commitment. It's the biggest tax break. It's the biggest equity. It's the, where you raise your family and, you know, it's, it's home and home means so many things to so many people. So what I love more is that all those people get to come back to us multiple times 
and say, let's do it again. And it's just, it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, a lot of pressure, but it's a lot of work and, but it's a lot of fun. You know, just talking about people coming back to you over and over, Carrie and I were having a conversation yesterday about generational wealth and and what that means and what that means in the real estate industry. Do you have any thoughts that you could share on that? Well, I mean, you know, what we do is financial counseling as well. Um, And, you know, you think about it, I should have bought Google stock when I should have bought Amazon stock when, you know, if I had to coach everybody is try to buy a house as early as you can. Uh, well, I can't afford one um, or I can't figure out how to get there. Well, realtors can help you figure that out. You know, I wish I'd bought more homes three or four years ago. Who knew what was going to happen? And it just shows you over and over that some of these are investment. This inflation rate right now, if you think about it, housing is a safer bet against inflation than anything. Because I always ask the team, how many of you have savings accounts? Okay. How many of you are just blowing it up every month with a lot of return on those savings accounts? We're, we're making pennies, whereas investment is. But you have to have somebody to coach you on your finance, get you pre-approved, get you a smart business. And if you can do that anytime, anytime, it's so smart down the road that you'll get dividends through most recessions, even through recessions, you're going to get it. I think the concern that we all have is that this market's been so hot the last couple of years is I hope that affordability is not getting out of control in many of our communities. Um, the mortgage rates are, are saving grace right now, but they are starting to move up. So I think as a community, we're going to have to figure that out. And that's going to be a new challenge for all of us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Things are just changing constantly. It seems like all the time. Um, so I know you have a lot of years in the business. Have you had, have you come across people um, over the years who you would say inspired you in the industry? Uh, yeah, there are a number of people that have inspired me. Uh, I think, you know, this is, I hope this sounds not corny but everybody every day inspires me, the people I work with. Um, And I say that because I will tell you at a very young age in this business, I decided I want to work with the best people. Um, I've been very lucky and fortunate that the people I work with, we, we typically have the top three agent productivity in every market. So every day I'm inspired by so many people doing so much business. I mean, my partner from 20 years ago, she was, uh, it's one of six of our folks. And I remember when she, her, she was doing 10 million clothes a year back in 1999, 2000, 2001. And a few years after we did all this together, she went to 45 million clothes and I was inspired. I was like, how do you do that kind of business? That is, and we didn't think our wildest dreams, we could do that kind of business. So i truly am blessed with the people that I, I get to work with every day. Now there are some leaders, it's a long list of leaders who've inspired me for various reasons that I've had the privilege of working with as well. And that's not just in our company. That's also in the realtor industry at the North Carolina realtors. I've got some very good friends that have been the presidents. And I, again, I don't want to start naming names. I will be here on the next hour, but I'm always being inspired by so many different people. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, How do you encourage people to practice inclusion in your business? And, and as a white male, how have you been a leader in DEI efforts? And how would you say you're an ally to to your agents who are minorities or recruiting agents who are minorities? Well, I mean, one is I go out of my way to look to to lead our leaders in inclusion. Uh, I've always felt like the more we can provide equity, uh, inclusion for all groups. So we are intentional that we actively look for those communities to come with leadership positions, to come with agent positions, staff positions, wherever we can, because I think it's it's so important and it's the right thing to do. 
Now for training purposes, uh, we have had a number of training that for our agent staff, we always adopt and, and celebrate April Fair Housing with the National Association of Realtors every April. And this last two years, we've really got involved with the Fair Haven simulation. And we've encouraged our folks to do that. That, I have to tell you, that was eye-opening. Uh, even me with all my years, I was like, what? Mm-hmm. And, it, and, we, and we've had business meetings around that topic the last couple of years in various markets, various, and, and let's just talk about it. So we've tried to embrace it with just being aware, if you will, and having discussions around these kind of things. We have worked hard on bringing training to our leadership in the last few years, especially around unconscious bias. Mm-hmm. Um, that has been a new topic for our team to get their mind wrapped around. And I would encourage anyone out there listening that that's a good topic to get dive into because the words you use, the body language, kind of what I was talking about, you know, there's, there's some discrimination in there that I don't think people are really conscious about, aware of. And so we've really embraced that in the last few years. And that's been an eye opener too. And then we just, which we're really excited about that. I have to say that we just, with our partners at Howard Hanna, we've partnered with NAMBA. Well, NAMBA is the National Association of Minority Mortgage Bankers of America. And so we're looking for more inclusion in the mortgage side. So we have mortgage insurance, real estate, and it's just, I don't want everybody to think just real estate. So we're also trying to go around financing for folks. And we're getting ready to bring some more training around that. Uh, We believe the next five years that 75% of all sales are going to be women, millennials, and people of color. And we've got to figure out how to embrace ourselves and get rid of some of these biases that we have, because the more you get diversified, the better the business, it's just smart business. And you know what? It's the right thing to do. Embrace it. And so I'm really excited about some of the things. So stay in touch with me, watch what we're doing, because I'm really excited about what some of those opportunities are going to offer for us. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to offer an uh, um, unconscious bias class uh, through NAR this summer. So everybody stay tuned for more details on that. No, that'd be great. We can partner with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, always here here to help North Carolina Association of Realtors wherever I can help. (laughs) Thank you. And so, um, Tony, with the diversity and inclusion and cultural competence training, how have you applied that? As far as applying it with lessons learned, I mean, the way I've coached my leaders is, I don't know if y'all watched Ted Lasso. One of his mottos was, be curious, don't be judgmental. My wife stopped and looked at me and she said, that's you. And I said, yeah, that is me. And I've always tried to lead leaders to say, no judgment, never, ever judge. There's always two sides to every story. There's always two different perspectives, but go in with a curious mindset. And when you can do that, I think it, it opens up, listen more, you know, stop talking, just listen more and learn about these, everybody. Um, and then when you can do that and have a successful career around that kind of concept of, of providing diversity, equity, and inclusion with just that concept, you become different in the market. I think you stand out to people that, you know what, I want to do business with them. They seem to be open to everything. So we tried to be that way with open, open arms. Now, I hope we're doing a good job with it. Amy and I have both have been so impressed, Tony, throughout this session and conversation with you. Um, I just want to know, um, how do you want to be remembered? <laughs> so um, I have a saying that my team will tell you that they, they tease me about it, but my words have always play nice in the sandbox. Um, I'd like to be known. My core value is making a difference for people. The company I work for is a motto is making a difference for people. I always want to make a difference for somebody and our team every day, but I also want people to remember me as being kind and just a smile 
uh, and making you laugh. Uh, I've always had that personality, but on the flip side, I think playing nice in the sandbox is, especially in our real estate industry, we have so much competition. It is intense and fierce out there, but we can still treat each other with respect. We can still play by ethics. We can still be really nice to each other. We don't, you know, our clients get really upset. And I will say this, the last couple of years, I'm seeing people on the other side of this pandemic, um, isolation, depression, anxiety, and you see it right now this last few months. Absolutely. And you've got to be slower with people right now to say, it's okay, we're going to be all right together. But playing nice in the sandbox has that effect on people to go, okay, well, we'll get through any challenge together. But I'd like to say that I'd like to be remembered somewhere around that line. That's awesome. We have a few questions at the end, just some fun questions. We would like to know what part of the day when you're most productive. <laughs> oh, I didn't see this question coming. This is another thing my team teases me about. I am that eight hour sleeper. I got to have eight hours. And so my, my, my system has been, I work all night. My leaders get all upset because I'll email them at eight, nine, 10 o'clock. I've had to work on boundaries. But I'm a late night owl. So mornings, early mornings, I know the early bird gets a worm. I ain't getting any worms because, you know, six, five, 36, 37, it's not me, but I get up and go, but I start getting productive middle of the day and in the afternoon. And I, it's like I charge up through the day. What do you do to start your day? Uh, well, I, I dive right in and I, I've had this thing where I am so busy every week that I have this uh, ritual, if you will, that going into Sundays, I have to be ready. Sunday night, I take a break, but I I line up my week on Sundays in the afternoon. I just need a couple hours so that when I hit the ground running, it's just because my world changes about every hour. And if I can't get that, I'm not successful in the week, in my opinion. Um, I think I've gotten better in the morning. of not looking at my phone first thing, you know, just trying not to dive right into it, but taking that first 30 minutes to an hour of just decompressing and getting my mind right. And if I, if I find myself looking at this, as soon as I wake up, my mindset shifts. And so I've had, I've had to work on myself this year around that. That's good advice. Yeah. We should all take that advice. Yeah. I do it all the time. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would that be, Tony? Well, Italy's my favorite country. So I guess it would be Italy. I've never even thought about that. I, 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 we are, I've always say this, we are blessed where we live. Um, I have people that leave and move to other locations, come back and they're like, you know, you don't have an idea how great you got it in the Carolinas. Um, and so I really love where I live, but Italy is one of those places that it's just, it's magical. I'm going to do one more. What advice would you give your younger self? You're throwing some curveballs at me. (laughs) Um, I'd probably tell myself to slow down a little bit in the beginning. Don't feel pressure that you've got to do it all in the beginning and to, go from zero to hundred miles an hour. You'll get to hundred miles an hour, but maybe go a little slower and absorb some more life lessons experience. Sometimes we don't know what we don't know. Uh, and we try to know everything and you just have to be at peace with sometimes you're not. And just take a moment and enjoy the life experiences. You know, I've always had this philosophy that real estate is easy. Selling houses is easy. It's the people that make it complex. So if I could take more time, if I could go back to even at college, Chapel Hill, and listen more in psychology, I probably would have benefited. <laughs> I tell other people, you need to pay attention more to people. Learn your people skills, your communication skills, your body language, and it will take you further than that degree will. Uh, but you've got to absorb all that. Thank you, Tony. Well, thanks so much for being with us today. Your insight was super helpful and, and very interesting. We appreciate it. 
Thank you guys. We appreciate you inviting me and uh, I hope uh, hope you have a great rest of the day. You too. We'll Thank be in touch. For more about how NC Realtors supports our members' efforts to increase awareness around diversity and inclusion, visit our website at ncrealtors.org slash mosaic. Be sure to catch up on every episode of NC Realtors Redefined by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or SoundCloud.